Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> doing good. Doing good. I'm so excited about today's episode. Yeah, girl. What are we talking <laughs> about today? Well, today is special because we have an interview with Jovi D. She is a podcaster for Chombita Chronicles and the Jovi D Show, the host, and uh, she's a panel speaker, digital creator. She specializes in like innovative skills, emotional intelligence, oh. uh, tech, pop culture, and of course, my favorite, Afro Latinidad. Which is what we're going to be diving into today. Yeah, I'm going to need a definition. (laughs) All right, let's get into it. (laughs) Let's get into it. excited about today we have jovi d and we're about to learn more about afro latinidad if you guys know what it means maybe maybe not maybe not um so jovi again thank you and welcome (laughs) thank you thank you thank you kay thank you shanae for having me here and um yeah i would like to definitely you know it's been a lot of layers how you are defining Afro-Latinidad or Black Latinos. Yes. Yes. So before we start, how about you tell us about yourself? Okay. I am, my tag is I from broadcast to podcast, meaning that for (laughs) a while I was in the, my, my title or picture will be like former broadcaster now in venturing and podcasting. So, um, in the years mm-hmm. of, I would say 2013, 2017, I was in the whole up, uproar of social media, the thunderstorm, everything going on at the same time. <laughs> Not to say mm-hmm. about the recently award-winning movie, but yes, <laughs> and my journey was from broadcasting to podcasting. I was laid off in a period of five years, three times. Oh, so wow. social media was taking off, digital marketing um, what we know as television and so on, all of that was just kind of like shifting. Mm-hmm. And I find myself in that journey and I find myself more in a perspective that I was in those spaces where I was the only person of color, a black woman. And I was like, where is everybody? What's going on here? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to be here by myself. Mm-hmm, you know? Yeah. 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 And and I also acknowledge my privilege through my family. Um, because my family had that journey. I am the recipient and came in know a lot of it. I'm like our family is the recipients of those that work in the canal that came from the West Indies and that came to for the railroad and then for the canal and and along the way in those days the United States decided to um, promote or, or, or give that awareness or sense of some of their employees to say, hey, you can, guess what? You can go to the United States, you know, mm-hmm. you can be a resident and so on and so on. So yeah. that's how that came about. Wow. Okay. I've actually have heard of Afro-Latina, but I've never heard Afro-Latinidad. So can you explain like what that means to you? What it means to me, Afro-Latinidad for myself, because right now, even that term is kind of really debate. It's in a debacle. Mm, Because there was a time that 
under one umbrella, like right now we have a Junior issue that says Latino is not a race mm -hmm. or being Hispanic. So Latinidad, at first, if you tell me, like I said, 10 years ago, Joby, you are Negra or Latina. I was considered primarily Latina because I was raised in Panama. I was born in Panama mm -hmm. when I came to this country. Um, then learning and having the intersectionality of understanding the African-American community, there was a narrative, an underlining the narrative of dividing and conquer where they said, please don't look like them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I remember so I Kay saying that growing up, like, um, like just kind of this undertone, like you said, of like, oh, no, 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 you're not black. Like mm -hmm. right, right. Like, you're Spanish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, and then by my complete ignorance, I was like, "Well, fine. You know, I'm gonna remove my gold hoops, my gold chain. <laughs> um, I don't have a gold tee, but I know that a lot of my yeah parents, Shout out. you know, <laughs> and and uncles and relatives, you know, that is very common. But you know, you're gonna. Aside, put yourself aside and say, I would not would like to be treated like them, only to know that the privilege of having unemployment or purchasing a car, vehicle, anything that is possible in that sense is because of the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know that. So, you know, and then that divide, conquer mentality, mess up Latinidad, and Latinidad is like, when we realize it's not all of us included and and the the premise of figuring out who are we um voicing or advocating for we mm. i'm thinking that oh they're advocating for me no they're actually not okay because my journey my survival my sense of purpose of socioeconomic or how can i pull through i can only make it so far and then, you know, it's, it's debatable. I felt Latina, but I'm seen for what I am as a Black woman. Am I treated differently? Because I was in Miami. I was living in a different atmosphere where maybe educational-wise, some people were aware. Like I say sometimes, in Miami, somebody will tell me, are you from a different nationality? Versus mm -hmm. when I'm here in LA, they're like, why you speak Spanish so well? Who taught you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I'm curious. So I'm mixed with black and white. Mm. And so for me growing up, like that was an identity issue was trying to figure out like, who am I? Or like, where do I belong? Like I wasn't black enough for the black people. I wasn't white enough mm. for the white people. So growing up versus now, are there any... Did you have anything like that, like identity uh, conflict, I guess, in your... Oh, in oh your yeah, family? certainly, Shanae. Certainly, I was... I'm like, I always felt weird, misplaced or misunderstood, but mm -hmm. I could not pinpoint why, because uh -oh. the thing was that the history that was given to me and many of us about the discovery of America was just kind of not lining up with the stories that my grandmother, my great grandparents mm -hmm. were, were telling me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's something that is just not matching here. Mm -hmm. So 
but then I didn't make much out of it. I also, it has to do with the content that I was presented to, you know, especially in Latin America, these novellas, you're not seeing yourself. And then once in a while that you see somebody, you're like, oh my God, there's somebody black, there's somebody that looks like me. <laughs> you're not in the best role. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Portrayed. And then you're like, I don't want to be somebody. I'm not, and I'm not discrediting anybody. I'm like, but you're like, sure part of the help you're like Wait, exactly I'm like, right. mm-hmm. and yeah. you know or anything undermining and you know so destructive to the soul and um and then fast forward i was in a bubble in a in a bubble center where again in my family there were professional people there were teachers nurses you name it, um, and so on. And education was really fostered like this is the path, yes, where you're gonna get through. Yeah, you don't have a choice, this is how it's gonna go. You too, you too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was like that was ingrained in us from the get go. Mm-hmm. Yourself, educate yourself. Is exactly. that because, because of the fact is that just cultural, or do you feel like your grandparents, your parents were trying to? assist you because they knew how the culture wasn't going to be like as accepting or something like that um most likely but as i said i'm like even kate you know her grandmother is a teacher and very well known and mm-hmm. as i said in our circle family mm-hmm. cocoon is like a virtue of a lot of professionals mm-hmm. i met women black women that were judges lawyers mm-hmm. teachers you know and that was already the level that they will take mm. us to that point and then they're like, okay, you're gonna take it to another level and mm. whichever way you wanted to yeah. go about it. Um, it was expected. Was, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So in that sense, yes. So then I was kind of like, okay, I'm fine. But then in my there was there was actually a um, a TikTok that came through not too long ago um, by Taddy Deeper that you know you are you are who you are by by who you are surrounded by mm-hmm. so somewhere along the lines as as i was growing up as i was um getting my hair relaxed mm-hmm. because the rest of the women in my family was doing that mm-hmm. uh, you know finding yourself in the definition of what beauty is and um oh so called and what yeah. i was seeing what i was seeing was I was a whitewashed version of myself mm. because you hear the stories but you see the pictures but then there's not a correlation and maybe also you know let's also be have grace to our elders that they maybe they not had the language also to how to interpret it mm, exactly Exactly. Yeah. I I acknowledge what you just said. When it comes to finding pride in the African descendants that make us us, do you feel that it is looked at differently in Panama versus in the States? Oh yeah. What are the differences there? Oh yeah, yeah, because you know, we were caught up in this caste system. Oh, there's a caste system. And it all comes down to what's, who's your last name? Where do you belong? What school mm-hmm. do you, you know, attended or go? And that, that was apparent. Like people would just kind of like, 
you know, screen you. Mm -hmm. I say, okay, let me see if I can talk to you or you can be part of this circle. Oh, wow. But it was also has to do with racism when everybody's like, no, how can you say racism? If you can be around this circle. Yeah, I can be around that circle, but I don't attain now that I'm learning what is possible because I, you know, hiring in our country is completely different than the hiring here because nobody asks you how you are or the mm -hmm. parameters or what you're supposed to look like, you mm -hmm. know, all of that is not correct here in the United States versus over there. They will say, oh, we need to hire somebody from 18 to 25. They have to look like this, 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 oh, this, wow. this, this. Mm -hmm. And that's so, what happens today? Yes. Mm -hmm. And there's that, you know, it, that really jeopardizes, uh, you know, as I said, the, the self-worth, the well-being of somebody saying, well, and not only that, it's costly. Mm -hmm. By you, you know, now we have this era of Gen Z and millennials. I don't say, hey, this is how my hair grows and this is how I'm going to carry it. We didn't have that luxury then. Yeah. We didn't have that opportunity then. Everybody yeah. had to simulate, comply, or right. if not, you were going to be left out. Mm. Yeah. 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 I definitely see a difference because here, it's a topic. It's a theme. I mean, I know that there are people, even from the states that are, you know, Panamanian or yes, and they come back to Panama and they try to bring in that knowledge. They try to throw parades to show like, hey, this is us. We are mm -hmm. descendants. We, you know, we have to pay homage to our ancestors. We are beautiful color and we need to enjoy our color. But it's like a, a fight for people to see oh, that possibly. while here yeah. it's kind of like we've already been fighting and now we know and now we can talk about it but there it seems as if we're just getting started oh yeah latin america is an uphill battle mm -hmm. it's completely uphill battle it's like how dare you say that i'm black what do you mean that i come from africa exactly yeah yeah it's they don't like, want to acknowledge it at no. all and then mm -hmm. you know also it's historic because I, I want to believe that I don't know if, this is, if it's Panama, but I know I've heard that even in Santo Domingo, the Republic, in their documentation, they have a documentation that you can be very black, but if you put a white, I'm a landowner, you can get away with that. And mm -hmm. that messes up your psyche. And yeah. I, I want to believe mm -hmm. that also in Panama happened that because they were like, nobody would call themselves really black. They will call themselves all kind of shades. Yeah, but not and, black. And, but not black. I was gonna ask. So, like here in the states, it's like you're white or you're black or you're like for me growing up, you're white, you're black, you're Spanish or brown. For me in high school, meant like Middle Eastern and then Asian, and that was like that was pretty much it. Like, so you had to fit in one of those categories. So, do you guys have? I know. I think in Brazil, I remember hearing like Portuguese. There's like a lot of different words to describe how people look. And it's based on, you know, like, is you, do you have like a more reddish tone or yellow or lighter, darker? Like, is your hair lighter, dark, your eyes? And there's all these different words to kind of describe people or black people. So do you guys have that as well, like in Panama or just in general? Like, is that a thing or is it just more like you're light or you're dark, you're white or you're black? Well, in Panama... Right now, I, will, um, I believe the black movement or the embracement of 
diaspora uh, started like about maybe 10 to 15 years ago okay. because by the time I was growing up, there was not that label. The label in Panama when I was growing up or in school was either you are Culisa, Moreno, oh, yeah. some kind of narrative okay. like that. But then it was really like a campesino, criollo, which is like basically the derivative of who is Spanish uh, descendant, mm. uh, mixed, native, in Indio, los nativos. So, mm-hmm. o tenías um, sambo, and it, but it was always a, it, it, no, era afroantillano, like Antilles, Antilles. Mm-hmm. So that was the dis- distinction. But recently, they are doing now surveys. They are doing census. They actually had one this year where they kind of really went deep in breaking it down. And what we had, what we got out of that research and result was that now Panama is considered 32% Black, and I think we are right next to Cuba, and obviously then the highest one is Brazil. Mm. Oh, wow. Of their population. Interesting. Yeah, so that's where we are right now because um, we having these conversations. We are allowed to have this conversation. But then also, you know, that has to do also with the political makeup, and we had a president that he was just not having it. And he really wanted to, you know, whitewash the the, the whole population mm-hmm. as much as possible. Yeah. Interesting. Now in America, you know, we have a lot of people talk about being of African descent. And, and so there's the African-American, right? Like idea. And there's, I know there's some black people that are like, for that term and there's some that are against that term and they don't think it's appropriate because like if you're not born in Africa or your parents weren't born in Africa like you shouldn't use that terminology and then others are like well that's where we're descended from so of course we should use that terminology so it seems like the like Africans are like close I guess in terms of like how many generations back do you feel like that's the same for black people in Panama? Uh, I, I guess think, someone would call themselves African Panama, African Panamanian. No, that is, that is, as I said, that, that, that is now coming about because of, as okay. I said, the movement has been around for 10 to 15 years, okay. in, you know, making people understand their, their background, their heritage. And now we are using those labels. Mm. They're getting implemented. But even when we say Afro-Latino, it's really more of a English, um, of an American slang or mm. way of, of, because then it only makes sense because if we haven't, for the Americans, like you say, you have a, a, an Italian-American, an mm. Irish-American, so an African-American. And I know what you're saying. There's just um, part of the community that are Black. They actually want to say they're black Americans, they're not Mm -hmm. African Americans because they don't see or foresee their heritage all the way back. But Mm -hmm. we all can understand 2023 what happened and how we came about. Right. Yeah. It's just we gotta we gotta start learning a little bit more because I mean we know the history as much as we can in in America. But a lot of the history, at least uh, from Ribbian point it's you don't really know too much about it or at least America doesn't so it's hard for them to even um create a space correct for them mm-hmm. um for anyone who even identifies as that 
as that. Um, but I, I do love the the push that's happening. I do love that people are getting closer to their roots all together in in this movement. I, I know we touched on how you were feeling differently, but growing up in Panama, did you feel neglected in any type of way just based on your skin color? No. Exactly. That, and that's like the- when you came here. Yes, it all started when I came here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm like, if I can even, you know, I can go back. I remember when I was in elementary. And as I said, maybe also it has to do with the spaces that I was in Paris. I was in a private school. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the only thing, honestly, kids made a joke out of myself, it was because of my name. Oh, mm-hmm. like, I'm like, like my nickname is Jovi, but I have a, I'm, you know, but then it was like, at that time it was Jogi the Bear and everything. And I, and I remember <laughs> that I would come to my grandmother and I was like, I want to change my name. I don't like what they're calling me, <laughs> you know, but nobody actually said like, oh, you're ugly or I don't like you. That all happened here. Yeah. I remember that there was a period of time that my mom, she tried so hard. She was trying to put me in one of the schools but the kids were really really horrible mm-hmm. and then they were like oh you look dirty you know Aww. like your skin and all of that wow. and I was like mom I'm like I beg you please I will you know do anything but I don't want to go to the school <laughs> she tried yeah and it was but it, it all happened here in the United States yeah. yeah I can definitely say like I was more of growing up here more in America than I did in Panama I mean Mm -hmm. I visit I I spent summers I went to school there but I've never felt um I never felt different when I was when I was in Panama Mm -hmm. but when I would come and talk about you know salsa and start dancing (laughs) and stuff what are you what are you doing what are you doing you know what how, how do you even know that or my mom would come and talk to me in Spanish and they're like oh you're not black Mm. but but I am no you're not it was always Mm. it was different everyone just you know it was almost like you're not you don't fit in in any of these circles um Mm. so it's interesting to see an up like we're seeing an increase of people saying and say oh yeah I identify as Afro-Latina or Afro-Latino and this is this is who we are and we're here because I know the census. Can you dive in a little bit about what's going on with the census, Jovi? Well, the thing is that finally today, fast forward, mm-hmm. we can say we are both. I'm Latina and mm-hmm. I'm also Black or Afro-descendant or afro Before, and I think I have a clip from Gina Torres that she mm-hmm. was saying in Hollywood, she was just not allowed to be both. both. She, had to mm-hmm. be, she was actually in case, boxed in into this category. This is what you look this is where we're going to put you. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So um, what is going on with the census in Panama is um, the latest reason, um, they call it, uh, what is it? El Crisol de las Raices. But in the Panama movement, I recently had a census where they were knocking doors and going through and asking people. And they had this long list. Mm-hmm. I think you guys can look it up. But then even sometimes within the listing of how a person will present themselves. I want to say that this is a lucid translation of what I have to say, because they will like have categories that are you black? Are you light brown? Are you, oh. are you light, light skin? Are you beige? Are mm-hmm. you this? It was mm-hmm. still kind of in, you know, 
putting these things, but people will say, no, this is what I am. Mm. You know, you have it there. This is Negra and it's okay. It's not offensive. I'm yeah. not Moreno. I'm not Culisa. I'm not um, cinnamon color, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. So now I, I want to say the moment it has to do a lot with Gen Z and, or, and young millennials that are kind of really put in the conversation and now also nonprofit organizations in Panama that also are accepting because now we having a really heavy wave, which I, uh, that's another thing. I never went through that in my period. Um, kids, black kids, black Panamanian kids are getting attacked by their hair, their, the way that they carry their um, braids. Um, yeah. It's just becoming very disruptive. Yeah. Because wow. now they want Recently? to show it. They're showing uh, everything. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They're, yes. Instead of perming their hair, they're letting it out. They're making, they're allowing it to be curly. They're braiding it. They're doing all of these things. And it's still kind of a issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I really do think that that's like older generation though, because I, well, that I would remember. Everyone's always asking, like if someone's pregnant, Ay, y el papá and the dad, <laughs> is he black? How dark is he? Oh, okay. Okay. That baby's going to come out. Okay. Really? It's just things like, I mean, but that was just conversation and it wasn't malicious in a way, if if, if that makes sense. It wasn't meant malicious, but it was there. It was always just there. Is there like an impetus to be light? Is there a reason to be light? Like, is there a... Yeah, because the thing is, underlining people will not think about it, but why, you know, why supremacy is carried and impl- imp- implied in many different ways shade so even though they'll tell you well um again another lucid translation they say improve the race you know improve the race meaning that you're gonna marry somebody up somebody that you know your 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 physical features can you know deny is is that unfortunately i didn't you know mm-hmm. self-hate of your appearance or what you look like or how you carry yourself mm-hmm. and now recently i've heard because what is happening is now one our our community of the people that came from the antils they're dying out so yeah. that means that even though you see somebody with a first first spanish name but with a last name that is in english these gen- some of this generation is they're not talking English anymore. They don't want to learn it. They want to just only speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. Okay, and yeah. that's a disadvantage already for what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, so you want to try to understand that mentality. Where is it coming from? And then also the assumption because Panama is a very touristic kind of place, and you know people come from all places of the world, mm-hmm. and yes. It is assumed sometimes that when you see a black person, they want to approach them and speak English to them. Automatically, it should not be that way. But yes, it does happen. It does. Yeah. What would you say to your family now or or the older generations that come and they may see, you know, your hair or our hair kind of out and in curls and they're just like, I know, do something to your hair. And oh, you're like, that's, I did. That's, that's, <laughs> that's happening. That's that's. Oh yeah, that happens normal. to me all the time. So maybe I'm asking for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, my mom, 
my mom yeah. is a very example you know she's a boomer and she's like oh please joey go and fix your hair go to the salon do something oh <laughs> and i'm like and i'm like but definitely i'll do something but i'm like mom i'm not gonna relax it I, yeah I, I am not i i feel so free I was mm-hmm. like, I could have had this all this time going every Saturday to the salon and get you. I'm like being there for like four hours, four hours or God knows how many. I'm like, oh my God, this is freedom. Not only this, this is freedom also economically. Yes. Right. right, right. <laughs> I don't know about you, but getting your hair relaxed here in LA is expensive. When I say expensive, it's expensive. We're talking about $200 just for a wash and set. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that things are changing though. Um, yeah. So there's like, you guys, your descent in Panama in general, there's like, you saying, you're saying Antilles, like that's like, um, that's the West Indies. Mm-hmm, okay. And then there's like Africa actually. Right. And then Spain. And then what about like indigenous, like, Indian. Oh yes, no, we have a very strong indigenous community is um divided in three. The thing is that by the time Panama became Panama, Panama was part of the Gran Colombia. That was mm-hmm. like we're talking about 1500. So it's already been proven that actually um what is it sailors you know were coming from Africa checking the land and mm-hmm. then they will go back and then obviously then they had the we had the official crusade Cristobal Colon and so far mm-hmm. and then Panama itself became Panama like in the what is this 1400 officially as a mm. 19 what is it 1492 somewhere around I'm not sure but I want to look it up but um <laughs> and then we had two independence for that matter mm-hmm. we had one from Spain and then one the separation from Colombia that oh, because okay. Again, as I said, and I think I said it earlier in the part of the show, when Haiti decided to, you know, be independent and fought France and everything, Simon Bolivar, which is has known as a pioneer of Latin America, he, he, he sought for that help in order to do what he had to do. And, um, and that's how that came about. But then also with Panama was very strategic for the United States because they already had, you know, scouted the land and knew that there was a possibility. Actually, it started with the French starting the first um, project with the canal excavation. Mm. But then that went south because a lot of the natives actually got sick, yellow fever, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So then the next point was, get people from the islands, from the British colonies, which they were already speaking English, from Jamaica, Grenada, and you name it. And they started migrating to Panama. And that's so that's how that took place. Mm, okay. Interesting. <laughs> that's kind of like the shorter version of the heritage and how that, you know, yeah. went about. Yeah, I love that. Where do you see this going? Where, where, would, where would you like to see it? From where it's at right now, where would you like to see the Afro-Latinidad community go? I think, obviously, like I said also at the beginning, I want to see it growing like we do it now. You guys have this podcast. So now you guys are also offering a platform, a safe space for to speak about these things. And in many levels, in mentality, in, in you know, socioeconomic, in the perspective of understanding where we at. 
um, I want to see more representation. When we talk about our countries in Panama, you would like to see um, more presenters that look like us in all spaces. Thanks to social media, we have some of it. We're pushing the envelope in that in that order. But then, you know, it has to go along with old media and new media. And I understand that um, everybody was saying that, you know, Black people don't sell or don't promote. But when we have the highest ranking movies like Black Panther, and it's been proven over and over again that we do, that other people, when they see somebody that looks like us, um, even the show Empire with Taraji, and, you know, it just mm -hmm. proves again that we want to see us. My yeah. thing now, and my concern the most is, are we doing static performance of putting, oh, now we see all these um, breaking, you know, news that this is the first person that's doing this, or this is the first female that's doing that. But then who is still reaping the benefits economically mm -hmm. for these mm -hmm. events? Because they can perform and give us diversity up front, but who's making the money in the back end? Mm -hmm. Yep, that's always something to consider. And we are here to give that safe space for anyone who would like to talk to us where we're yeah. available. <laughs> Again. Love, to hear it. Love to learn. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much for the conversation. Um, if you enjoyed this, please like, share, subscribe to our channel. And we cannot wait to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. Thank you for Thank having you. me.